Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. God provides. So why do I worry about my life? When you come to my rescue a thousand times. Every other voice is a lie. God provides, God provides, in ways I can't explain and can't deny, the little that I have he multiplies, just when I feel he won't show up on time, God provides, he'll come through, when Clouds of doubt rain down on you and test everything you thought you knew. Now you finally see what God can do for you. So tonight, close your eyes, there's no more need to fight. Watch God Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Let's go. Okay. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, ma'am. It's all yours. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Good evening, everybody. Let's start it. I think we was having a little bit of technical difficulties. I can hear sound. But I didn't know if anybody could hear me. All right, very good, very good. I'm glad everybody's on here at night, ready to, um, excited, ready to uh, study God's word. Um, I'm just so grateful that everybody, you know, chooses to come out every week. It's, you know, studying the Bible. I used to think it was kind of boring uh, until I actually started, uh, you know, studying it for myself, and then, you know. Once I started studying it, you know, the Holy Spirit got involved and started opening up my knowledge base and everything started becoming clear. So once I had been studying the Bible for about five years, you know what? The Lord said it's time for you to start pouring out some of the things that I've poured into you. And I did take Bible doctrine classes. So, you know, because I wanted to make sure that what I, I was on the right track and I needed to learn how to study. So everything I learned I'm teaching everybody else. So, you know, everybody learns how to study on their own, but hopefully, you know, something that you've heard, uh, you know, during these Bible studies will at least pique your, pique your interest to want you to um, learn it for yourself or study on your own, too, in your um, alone time. All right, so let's have a word of prayer. We're so grateful to be here tonight, God. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to study your word Lord, as we study your word, please give us wisdom, clarity, and knowledge and understanding as only you can give, God. If there's any among us that don't understand, you know, let us reach out to one another and ask questions, God. Let us continue to pray um, and study your word every day, God, not just once a week, God. Let let us get in the in our city, in our being, that, you know, the only way we're going to be able to uh, fight the devil off is to learn and study and know your word. Because, you know, we can't really know what you're trying to say to us, God, if we don't 
study your word. So, God, we're just so grateful to be here tonight. Uh, bless those that are here. Bless those that are on their way. Your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, last week, um, we finished um, chapter 18. Um, I always like to do a real quick run through. I'm not going to read chapter 18. We're just going to talk about the highlights. So, last week, the Lord himself um, came down and made the birth announcement to Sarah and Abraham that they were finally going to have this baby that they had been waiting on, okay? They are well old, well beyond their years, um, uh, but the Lord told them, listen, um, you're going to have this baby. I said it. It, it is now so. So it happened, you know, um, but we noticed last week that Abraham uh, took on the role as servant last week. Remember, he is a rich, well-known sheik, so to speak. So everybody knows him, but last week when the Lord visited him, he took on the role as servant. You know, he he met he ran out to meet bowed when um he recognized that it was the Lord. You know, he served the Lord with haste and and speedily. He didn't uh slow walk it and or ask questions. He waited, he did everything that he was supposed to do and then he stood and waited on the Lord to speak. He didn't start asking questions. He didn't say, Well, what about that promise you made me about a child? Um Where's the child at? Uh, when we going to have the child? Lord, I know you've been promising this for a long time, but where is it at? He didn't do none of that. He served the Lord. Uh, and, and so the scripture says with gladness, with speed, with uh, haste, okay? He didn't play around um, with it. He definitely, uh, you know, Wanted to to let the Lord know. Listen, I I know you. You, I am grateful, and I want to serve you. So once he did that, he waited. Then the Lord made his announcement. So not only did he make the announcement, he told him what the child's name uh, was going to be. Okay. Then he went a step further. After he uh, made the birth announcement, um, he also told. Uh, Abraham, what the next plan on the agenda was, which is he was about to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. He was about to blow, burn it up. So he gave Abraham that foreknowledge because Abraham ended up being an intercessor yet again for his nephew Lot. So, you know, Abraham's uh, uh, brother was Lot's father, uh, and he is deceased. So Abraham kind of took over the role as not only uncle, but father figure. So therefore, he cares about his nephew because Lot is the nephew of uh, Abraham. So he was like, well, now, wait a minute. Uh, You know, would you destroy the city? You know, if uh, the wicked along with the righteous. So the Lord said, you know what? No. So, you know, what's the deal? So Abraham started off at 50 and ended up with 10. So basically how the ending left was, uh, Abraham asked him, uh, you know, if there is 10 righteous people in the city, you know, Will you not destroy the city? The Lord said, yes. If I find ten righteous people in the city, ten. Well, we know how that always ended because there was not even ten. Okay, only only Lot and um, his two daughters actually uh, made it out. So um, now we can go. So that's where um, verse uh Chapter 18 let off, and what it said was, he uh, verse 33 in uh, uh, chapter 18 of Genesis, Genesis chapter 18, verse 33, and the Lord went his way as soon as he had left uh, communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. So now, after they've had this discussion, the Lord made the birth announcement after Abraham became an intercessor 
for his family. The Lord went his way. Abraham went his way. Now, we're going to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19, okay? And there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot seeing them rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. That ought to tell you something, at least one thing about Lot. Um, And he said, Behold now, my Lord, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and ye shall rise up early and go on your way. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly and they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread and they did eat. Before they laid down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, come past uh, the house round, both old and young, all people from every, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door. Unto them and shut the door After him so Lot eased On out the front door and closed the door Behind him because these guys was really Trying to get in the house And said I pray you Brethren do not so Wickedly basically he's telling don't be so Wicked Behold now I have Two daughters which have Not known man let Me I pray you bring them out Unto you and do ye to them as it is as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. So that cracks me up every time I read it. It's not funny, but you look at it like, dude, you were willing to throw your two virgin daughters out here, no good men, and have their way with your virgin daughters. And, and, and that's what type of heart Lot had at this time, okay? Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore they came under the shadow of my roof. Um, it's interesting to know that when I was doing some some uh, research on this, because I wondered why, back in those times, guests were considered almost more important as your own um, family, okay? So they were to be protected at all costs, okay? So that's why... Um, he said what he said, okay? So then he said, uh, Genesis chapter 19, he said, Behold, I have two daughters, at verse 9, and they said, Stand back. And they said again, Sir, join, and he will need be a judge. Now will be dealt worse than thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man. He's talking about um, Lot, even Lot, and came near to break the door. So they're telling him, look, get out the way. We're going to get to them. But you know what? We're going to do to you worse than what we're going to do to them. Move. So they're pressing on him, and they press him up against the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut uh, to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. So not only now are they uh, um, spiritually blind, now they've been smoked with uh, uh, um, natural blindness. So not only are they spiritually blind, they're naturally blind now. So they really messed up, okay? And the men said unto Lot, How's there here any besides? son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whosoever that has come in the city, bring them out of this place. So this is the angel or the angels. These are the men talking to Lot now. Once they pulled him back inside, now they're going to tell him the reason why they're there, okay? So he's saying bring them out of his place, um, okay? So let's stop there. We're going to stop at verse 12, and I want to go back because we're going to expound. All right, so now we're in um, Genesis chapter 19, all right? Genesis chapter 19, 
to pull my notes up here, and then we're going to um, get started. So now, the angels left Abraham and went to Lot. But if you notice, when we get to um, the first verse, um, two angels came. They came in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate. Things that I know, um, if you um, read the Bible a lot, which I do, um, basically he had to have held some form of office because most business or pretty much all business back in them days were conducted at the gate, okay? So Lot was sitting at the gate. Uh, uh, again, he must have held some type of office uh, because um, he was sitting at the gate. So another place where I saw that in Scripture is Ruth chapter 4. Ruth chapter 4. Okay. Um, Ruth chapter 4 is talking about when Boaz went um, to the uh, to the kinsmen, they conducted the business um, at the gate. Okay. So in Ruth chapter 4 is what he's talking about. They were at the gate. Okay, so let's um, look at it because I want you to try to tie some things together because, you know, this is why uh, um, Lot was sitting at the gate, okay? He had to be in some form of business, okay, because business was conducted at the gate. So uh, Ruth chapter 4 then went Boaz up to the gate. You see it right there? And set him down there, and behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Hold such a one, turn aside, sit here. So they're conducting business at the gate. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here, sit down. All right, so he is at the gate conducting business. All right, so that's why Lot was sitting at the gate. If it says somebody is sitting at the gate, more than likely they are conducting some form of business, okay? So now, what we want to remember is uh, Lot looked towards Sodom in Genesis, all the way back in Genesis chapter 13. Uh, when they left out of Egypt, Lot looked towards Sodom. Then he pitched his tent near Sodom, and eventually he moved into Sodom. So not only did Abraham save him the one time when he got taken prisoner, um, he ended up having to save him again when he went to the Lord and intercessed um, to the Lord. So by now, Lot had no tent or no altar, and his heart was far from God. All right, so now, remember we talked about um, last week, why do you think God should not go to Sodom? Well, remember I talked about um, God's eyes are too pure to look upon sin. Light cannot, light and dark cannot dwell uh, together. So light cannot dwell with darkness. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 16. Light and uh, light cannot dwell with darkness, okay? So now, again, uh, here we see where Abraham, he waited on them, okay? He was a server. But look what Lot did. Lot said, here, go and wash your feet. You know, yeah, he made them some bread, but he didn't do the same kind of service um, that Abraham did. He didn't go out and kill his best calf. You know, he didn't, um, he just made him some unleavened bread. And, and basically all that is is bread without the yeast. How hard is that to make? So the thing is, uh, where was Lot's personal values when he offered up his virgin daughters, okay? So he offered it up. So now remember, God said he would spare the city for just 10, 10 believers, okay? So now, listen, it's a shame when you've lost the ministry in your own house. You've lost the ministry in your own house. So by the time he made it, um, to his family, they were looking at him um, like he was crazy, all right? So remember, he had he showed no faith, no godliness, which lost him his influence 
with his own family, all right? So, again, this was the second time that Lot had to be rescued um, by Abraham. And then look, look at what he did. He went right back. So, clearly, Lot is out of the will of God, okay? He is out. He is out. All right, so he couldn't minister to his own family, and one of the big things, um, ministry starts at home. His moral leadership was gone, okay? So ministry starts at home, and Lot's moral um, leadership um, was gone, which is a, a, a which is happening a lot, um, you know, in our um, homes uh, nowadays due to the fact a lot of us, we say uh, one thing and we do another. Sometimes our life does not match um, our lips. So, you know, uh, the thing is uh, we just have to be careful when we say, uh, you know, one thing and do another because our children and our family is watching. And like Lot, he lost the ministry in his own house, all right? So now you have the men in this city that have sunken so bad in sin that they passed up a chance to be with Lot's virgin daughters. They were like, uh-uh, we don't want them. We want uh, the the men that came, bring them out so that we may know them. And Lot went out the door and said, you know, he shut the door behind him. Verse 7, he said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. So basically he's saying, stop being so wicked. Calm down. Even though Lot has recognized who these visitors were in his house, they haven't even told him yet why they're there. He knew, though, he had enough God in him to know that they were godly, okay, because he bowed to them, just like Abraham, he bowed to them, but he wanted to make sure that, and and he wanted to make sure that they were safe, okay? So even he knew that these guys were not to be uh, messed with, okay? So, it went on, okay, it went on and on to where it escalated to where the angels had to uh, um, reach in and pull the man in the house and shut the door, okay? So that's where we stood, okay? And they said, that is, he said, but the men pulled a lot into the house to them and shut the door, okay? So now he said, and they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Hast, there, hast thou here any besides son-in-laws and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place? Now, after some research, I did a little bit more research, okay? When you hear that Lot's daughters are still virgins, and they do have husbands, but what you got to remember, in biblical days, they have a thing called a betrothal, okay? So a betrothal can last anywhere from 3 to 12 months. Basically, what that means is, on paper, you are legally married. You just have not, uh, um, what's that word, um, consummated uh, the marriage. Okay, but on paper, just like with Mary and Joseph in the New Testament, it is legal and binding. Okay, the contract was already made up. These, this is who I'm going to marry at the appointed time and the appointed date. This is when we're going to get married. Then, excuse me, we'll consummate the marriage. Thing will be legal and binding. Okay, but it's technically it's legal and binding now because. Had they would have left or wanted to get uh, separate, they would have had to write them a divorcement, okay? So it's just like in uh, the New Testament when Mary and Joseph was betrothed, it was legal on paper. So had Joseph wanted to back out, he would have had to write her a letter of divorcement, okay? He would have had to divorce her on paper because legally he had said, I want to marry you. She said, okay, 
end of subject. Everything was drawn up, but but the marriage had not been consummated. Okay, so it was still legal and binding. So technically, those were his son-in-laws, but the daughters were still virgins because they had not consummated the marriage. Okay, so yes, there is a way um, to get around that. Okay, and. Uh, I'm not saying I'm right, but I know back in the biblical days, and if you look at it, Jewish uh, marriages, the betrothal process, there is a set process to it, okay? All right, so now what he said is, verse 13, now this is the angel talking to Lot. For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to... Um, destroy it, okay? So they're giving him a heads up, uh, a heads up, letting him know, listen, get your family, uh, get your, um, everybody that that means anything to you, we are going to, um, we are going to um, destroy the city, okay? So, the thing is, uh, I like the way that the Lord comes in, he warns his people, then he removes his people because, to me, it was an act of mercy because even though Lot wasn't right, so to speak, the Lord still gave him a chance to leave, him and his messy family. But if you look, not everybody decided to go because why? Not everybody believed what was going to happen was going to happen, okay? So a lot of times when we lose our, our own ministry in our own house, the Lord, you know, will show us, you know, will show us the way, and then we try to go talk to our uh, uh, family members about it, but because um we have lost the ministry um, in our own, you know, in our own uh, family or in our own house, so to speak. Nobody uh, wants to hear us, okay? So I just want us to, uh, you know, always, always, always take heart uh, when it comes to us uh, living how we're saying, uh, you know, that we're going to live. And, you know, sometimes it's hard. Uh, sometimes I know I lose my temper uh, sometimes. And um, and I always, you know, I, I, I bring the children in. I apologize for, you know, for losing my temper. Uh, times, I mean, we're all human, you know. But you know what um, my pastor said yesterday? He said, after you ask God for forgiveness, uh, forgive uh Forgive yourself because that's one of the ones uh, that's one of the ones um one of the things that we have trouble doing is is forgiving ourselves, okay, so that's just something I just want you to uh, meditate on, and we are going to um continue on reading all right, so now he said um. Genesis, we're still in Genesis chapter 19. He said, um, verse 14, and Lot went out and spake unto his son's son in law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place for the Lord with the city. But he seen as one that mocked unto his son in law. So, see, there we go again. He said it, it was told to him. Um, but guess what? Nothing. They laughed at him, okay? They laughed at him. So he said, and verse 15, and when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot. So now Abraham hastened to deal with the Lord and his angels. Now the angels are hastening Lot. Why are they having to hasten Lot? Because Lot's heart is in Sodom. That's why. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard when you are trying to um, get rid of old habits or change um, old ways, 
um, it's just very, very hard uh, when you're trying to change because you always have a tendency to want to peek back, okay? And this is what's happening here. He said here, the angels hasten Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. So now they're giving him a push, like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And while he lingers, so he's still lingering. The men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two uh, daughters. And the Lord being merciful unto him, they brought him forth and sent him without the city. So listen, Lot couldn't even go on his own. Somebody had to take his hand and pull him out. Isn't that, isn't that how we are? Sometimes it takes somebody to grab us by the hand and pull us out of sin because we just can't even do it on our own, okay? Every time I read this, I read it over and over and over and over again, and, and I just had to laugh to myself because I know um, back in the day I was a club girl. And I used to go to the club, and I used to go to the club, and I still went to church, and I still went to the club, and I still went to church, and I still went to the club. And this went on um, for years and until one day somebody had to take me by the hand and pull me out, like help me out, because I, it was just very hard. That was a very hard um, transition. Um, the same with um, cigarettes. When I was going to um, Bible study, taking Bible courses, and I used to have to spray myself down and brush my teeth and suck on mints and wash my hands and all of that before I walked into the Bible study class because the Holy Spirit started making me aware of how I smelled and the people that I was around. And I was like, well, you know what? I don't smell the cigarette smoke on them, but I sure know it's on me. And it, 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 somebody had to take me by the hand and, you know, walk me through um, that process. So the same with the angels, with Lot and his, uh, his wife and his two daughters. All right? They had to take them by the hand. And it says, and the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. So they had to physically take them and set them outside the city because they wasn't going willingly. When they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Now, okay, to me, that sounded like a direct um, order, okay? That sounded like a direct order to leave and get, he, what does it say? It says, get in, escape to the mountain. So he said, don't stay in the plain, escape uh, the mountain. That's what it says. So escape to the mountain, lest that be consumed. So what does hard-headed Lot do in verse 18? Oh, Lot, oh, oh, and Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold now, thy servant has found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Now, to me, that's crazy because the angels already done told him to go on to the mountain. Now, if they told you to leave, they told you, excuse me, where not to go, they told you where to go. They led you out of the city by their with their hands, like took you out. So that doesn't even make sense what Lot said. But you got to remember his heart was tied to where he was at, okay? This was the second time that Lot had to be rescued from Sodom, okay? This is the second time, not the first. This is the second time that first time Abraham had to go in and get him. The second time the angels had to go, they went in and got him, okay? And it was because of Abraham 
being an intercessor for his family. Okay? So even though the angels took him out, told him where to go, told him don't stay, you're going to be consumed, this is what's going to go down, this is what you need to do. What does Lot say? Well, no, if I go up there, I might die. It might not be safe. Somebody might get me. I mean, he's got more excuses, okay? So now here he is out of the city, but he's saying, let some evil take me and I die. Well, the evil already had you inside the city, and you were about to die. But it says right here in the scripture, but the Lord being merciful, merciful, all right? So, again, now they are showing mercy. He said, behold, now this city is near to flee unto, and this is a little one. Oh, let me escape there. Basically, that's what it's saying. Is it not a little one, and my soul shall live? Okay? So, basically, Lot is saying, well, how about I don't go to the mountains, which is, like, way far away, but how about I just go to this little city next to it? The city is called Zoar. Okay, Zoar, all right? So now, and he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing, that I will not overthrow the city for which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou come thither. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zor. So basically what the angel is telling him, listen, I can't do nothing until you are out of this city because the Lord promised Abraham that he would save um that he would save the city okay so for 10 righteous but they couldn't even find 10 but because lot was abraham's nephew the lord being merciful even though lot still wasn't right you know he went on ahead and saved him right remember i said even though lot was considered Righteous, his moral compass was off, okay? His moral compass was was off, all right? So it says here, he went to the city called Zoar, Z-O-A-R. Basically, that word means little. That's what it means. It's a little city uh, near Sodom. That's that's what it is, okay? The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. So he made it in out of Sodom because remember the angel told him we cannot destroy the city till you get out of it. So he's out. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven and he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities. And remember this is cities with an S and that which grew upon the ground. So he destroyed everything. Even the stuff that grew on the ground. But look at here. His wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord and he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and beheld and lo, the smoke of the country went up as uh, as the smoke of a furnace. So the next morning, after all was said and done, Abraham wakes up, looks out over the plain, looks out over where Sodom and Gomorrah used to be. It's all burned up. It's say uh, the smoke went up as the smoke of a furnace. So it was uh, hot, okay? And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham, all right, and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in uh, which Lot dwelt. And Lot went out of Zor and dwelt in the mountains. So now he decided, oh, I ain't got no city to go back to. So I don't have no city to go back to. Now I'm going to go to the mountains like the angels told me um, in the first spot, okay, in the first spot. So I thought that was kind of peculiar because they told him where to go, um, 
they told him where to go uh, in the first spot, and guess what? He didn't want to go. So then what happened? Well, after he walked, after he got out there and saw, uh, basically, after he got out there and saw everything for himself, what really went down, now he officially, you know, goes. Okay? So what we got to remember is, listen, consider the Lord's love for the people of the wicked cities of the plain. To begin with, he was long-suffering, okay, toward them. He beheld their sin for a long time, all right? So he was long-suffering. He waited. Not only was he long-suffering, but he was willing to listen to Abraham's intercession and consider sparing the whole city for ten righteous people. Ten. Okay? So it couldn't even, there wasn't even ten righteous, all right? So now, when the time came for the city to be burned up, he sent his angels to rescue Lot and his family, and even though the ten righteous people could not be found, he still took Lot, Lot's wife, and his two daughters, because remember, the sons-in-law, they laughed at him. They said, oh, man, whatever. All right, so listen. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Romans 5 and 20, okay? So now, did Lot deserve to be delivered? Well, if we were the judge, of course not, okay? Did Lot deserve to be delivered? Of course not. But listen, do any of us deserve to be saved from the wrath to come? Of course not. I have a sign hanging in my womb. And what it says is, grace is when God gives us what we don't deserve, and mercy is when God doesn't give us what we do deserve. So out of this, out of God's mercy, Lot should have been burned up with everybody else. And you know what? But look how merciful he was. Even though, but remember, Lot is attached still at this time. He is still attached to Abraham, all right? He is still attached to Abraham. And if you want to get even more um, merciful, not jumping ahead, one of Lot's descendants, Okay, is a Moabite going to be in the uh, um, Christ line? So we're going to get to that here in just a minute. But look how merciful God is. Okay, look how merciful he is. All right, so the most amazing thing that pretty much um, basically Jesus died for everybody, even the people uh, um that live like in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. He died for everybody, all right? So you just got to be reminded reminded that, you know, Christ did not die for good people because there are none, okay? The, 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 the songs say, no, not one, all right? He died for the ungodly, the ungodly, Romans 5 and 6, all right? We may not have committed. Now, listen, because everybody gets all bent out of shape when you talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. But listen, we may not have committed the same sins as the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, but we are in Jesus Christ. We cannot be saved from the judgment to come. The same judgment they got is coming again. But because we have Jesus Christ, our faith is going to be a little bit different, all right? Remember, the situation that happened then is no different today. Jesus is still the friend of sinners, okay? He don't like the sin, but he loves us, okay? We seem to forget that. I heard um, uh, one time I was uh, teaching a Sunday school class and somebody had said um, in the Sunday school class um, there had been an act of violence on a, on a group of people. And somebody in the Sunday school asked me, didn't I think that that was God's punishment on somebody 
No, I do not. I absolutely do not because that is not what the people, that's not what the Bible says. Jesus is still a friend of the sinners and will save all who come to him in true repentance and faith. All right. So even whether you don't like the sin they committed, uh, I saw a thing on the Facebook one time, you judge me because I sin differently than you. Sin is sin is sin. I don't know why people seem to think that, you know, if I tell a little white lie because it ain't going to hurt nobody in my Forrest Gump voice, that that is not sin. It is still sin. You know, I, I tell you guys all the time, I apologize. Uh, to my family a lot because I'm I, I'm working on a few things and you know uh, um, uh, yesterday uh, my pastor uh, Pastor Gary Salter said he said something that was so profound I wrote it down this is what he said he said pray to God in secret what if we had to pray out loud to God for the same things that we pray in secret. He said, would that change the way we pray? And what he meant was, uh, uh, what if we had to pray out loud, oh, Lord, forgive me for looking at pornography. Oh, Lord, forgive me for looking at a woman's uh, uh, panties through her shorts. Now, I'm just paraphrasing. He said other things. Or, oh, Lord, I'm suffering from depression. I need help. Oh, Lord, I cheated on my spouse. Oh, Lord, I did this. What if we had to pray that same prayer in front of people that we pray in private and secret? Ain't we glad or aren't we glad that we do not have to pray that kind of thing? We can take that to God in secret. We do not have to say it out loud. We do not have to confess our sins to man. We do not have to tell man what we did. But what we do have to do is we have to come to God, what I just said, in true repentance and faith. True repentance and faith. Not, oh, girl, the Lord know my heart. He know I like a little drink now and then, but you know I'm still saved. That's not true repentance. Because you're going to continue doing the same thing that you were doing. Okay, that's not true repentance. True repentance is, Lord, I'm so sorry. I know I shouldn't have said what I said. I know I shouldn't have did what I said. Lord, please, I need help. I need, I cannot do this alone. I cannot do this without you, God. I need help, Lord. Please forgive me for what I did. And then you have to forgive yourself. Because a lot of times we ask the Lord to forgive us for things, and we still beat ourselves up about it. Um. I had a, a, a young lady tell me one time in, in Sunday school, she said, Dara, you so hard on yourself when it comes to that smoking. You know what? It's not that I'm hard on myself, but I acknowledge what I did for 35 years. I was a heavy smoker, and I acknowledge that I asked the Lord for forgiveness. I acknowledge that I have been delivered from smoking. Now I can't stand the smell of it. But do I bow breathe anybody that does it? No. Do I talk about anybody that does it? No. Can you smoke in my house or my car? No. I've been delivered from it. You can't throw it in my face. You can't make me feel bad about it anymore. It was something that I did, and I no longer do. But you have to go to God in true repentance and faith. When I tried to quit smoking, I could not do it on my own because I knew I was weak. I like to smoke. That was one of my uh pleasurable things that I like to do. I used to go to the club, I ordered me a drink, I had me a cigarette, and that was it. You know, I didn't, you know, shoot nobody, stab nobody. I had me a cigarette and I had me a drink. But as I grew in Christ and grew in the in the Lord's word and started reading this thing and, and the Lord started ministering to me and the Holy Spirit got in me, I started being convicted of my actions. Okay, so there has to be some growth. There has to be some change, just like with Lot. He never changed. He stayed true to the flint all the way. Okay, he started off with Abraham, but when they went to so, what did he do? He looked towards Sodom. He pitched his tent towards Sodom. 
even though when him and Abraham separated because their herdsmen couldn't even get along, uh, y'all can go back and read that. He told him, well, you pick anywhere you want to go. This is what Abraham told Lot. Here, pick a spot, go on, take your people, and let us separate because I want us to be able to get along. You're my nephew. I love you. So instead of Lot going the opposite direction, he looked towards Sodom. He saw that it was good, easy on the eyes. It was a nice grassy area. It looked good from the outside, okay? So he headed that way. He picked his tent. By the time you look up, he's already in Sodom, and poor Abraham had to get him out, not once, but twice. Okay, so true faith and repentance and witnesses who will pray and tell lost sinners that Jesus died for them and that they can make a new beginning if they will trust him. All right, so Jesus needs intercessors and witnesses who will pray and tell lost sinners that Jesus died for them and they can make a new beginning if they will trust him, okay? So he needs that. So listen, the inhabitants of these cities that's all around, remember, there's a lot of other little, it wasn't just Sodom and Gomorrah out there. Remember, there was Azor, and there was some other little cities that were all, like, looking around, okay? Some of them got destroyed. But just imagine waking up the next day, uh, or not waking up the next day, because all those little cities except for where Lot went, because if you notice, it's talking about the city um, Zor. It means little. That's what it means, okay? So they they didn't wake up, so they thought life was going to go on as usual. They're going to go to sleep and wake up the next day, and no. Then they went to sleep, and the, and, and the lake of fire was straight up it, was, it, it came raining down, all right? So they had no idea that they were going to wake up in the lake of fire. Imagine that. So listen, just like when the judgment comes uh, on us, are we going to be like Abraham and not have to worry about the wrath of God? Or like Lot, will you be saved as of by fire? Or like the people of Sodom, will you be lost? Forever. <clears throat> After you die, it's no it's no take back. Okay? It's no take back. It's it's a done deal. All right? So the scripture says, Ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him Return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That's Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. So seek ye the Lord while he may uh, be found. So just remember that Jesus is looking for people that can be intercessors, witnesses, who will pray and tell lost sinners that Jesus died for them and that they can make a new beginning if they will trust him, okay? So I just wanted to get that in, um, all right? So now with that being said, they um, they made it out, okay? So they made it out. So listen, after all is said was done, finally um, – Lot went out of Zor and dwelt in the mountain. This is verse 30. And his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zor. Oh, now you're scared. Okay. And he dwelt in a cave, him and his two daughters. Because remember, they're the only ones that made it out. And the, and the people of this little city called Zor. Okay, maybe 20 people, maybe. Okay. And the only reason why that did not get destroyed is why? Because Lot was there. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all earth. Well, now you know that's not true, because there was a city still standing, okay, that did not get burned up. So you see the manner of their heart as well, 
okay? Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him that we, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drunk, uh, drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the, on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesterday night with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also, and go thou in and lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. They made their father uh, drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. So do you think it was an accident? No, it was not. God is still being merciful in uh, this area as well because the firstborn bare a son and called his name Moab. The same as the father of the Moabites unto this day, all right? And the younger, she also bare a son and called his name uh, Ben-Ami. The same as the father of the children of Ammon unto this day, all right? So remember, when you hear the, the term Moabite, we only know of one that's the famous one is Ruth. Okay, so basically the Moabites were a tribe descended from Moab, the son of Lot, okay, born of an incestuous relationship with his oldest daughter, okay, from Zor, the cradle of the tribe on the southeastern border of the Dead Sea. Basically, they gradually spread over the region of the east of Jordan, okay? So all the things that we see, um, I was talking to somebody um, about biblical times and i don't know why everybody seems to think that america was in biblical times because um it was not okay so we are talking about over east uh, a region east of jordan okay so now shortly um before the exodus when we get to exodus that's moses and all that um basically the warlike amorite which is the second son who we just read okay ammon okay, crossed the Jordan under um, basically their king and drove the Moabites out of the region between the, um, um, the river and basically occupied it. So the Moabites were confined to the territory on the south of the Arnon Valley. All right, you can find that in Numbers chapter 21, uh, verses 26 through 30, okay? So basically during the Exodus, when Moses was leading the children of Israel out, okay, uh, the Israelites did not pass through Moab, but through the wilderness to the east, okay, eventually reaching the country to the north of where we were just talking about Arnon, okay. The Moabites were alarmed, and their king, Balak, saw aid from the Midianites, all right. So this was the time when um, basically uh the visit of Balaam to Balak took place, the donkey, all right, the talking donkey. All right, so in the plains of Moab, which I love that story. I can't wait till we get there. Um, in the plains of Moab, okay, basically what it is is um, it was in the possession of the uh, uh, Amorites. The children of Israel had their last encampment before they entered the land of Canaan, all right. So basically they didn't have any interest in that. Okay, but because they were so vast, remember, it was 2.5 million people, okay, 2.5 million people, all right, so basically, um, they were told, you know, to leave them alone, and they didn't, all right, so basically, uh, we're going to talk about that a little more um, next week, but just remember that Ruth is, uh, was a Moabitess, okay, so she came out of that that those people okay so all right it is 10 o'clock i hope you took some good notes next week we're going to pick right up here um at verses 37 and 38 of chapter 19 and then we're going to go right into chapter 20 god bless you god keep you and for, may god cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace good night everybody thanks for listening
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.